Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And today we continue our series called Codes for a Healthy Earth, Cultivating Peace with All of Life. Imagine a co-creative culture dedicated to the health of Mother Earth and all her inhabitants. We have the potential to co-create a world that more accurately reflects our vision, values, and expanded awareness. We have everything we need to co-create a culture that is more loving, joyful, and fulfilling. As we consciously align with spirit, nature, and the true essence of ourselves, we have the innate capacity to co-create whole systems health and healing. We are going to explore this today. We're going to explore the codes for a healthy earth and co-creation and really look at the codes from the powerful directive of co-creation, co-creation, co-creating our co-creative potential here. I'm excited to put these two conversations together. So what does co-creation really mean? And how might we co-create a healthy earth? I invite you to take a few deep breaths. Bring your mind and heart into this moment and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. As a social architect holding an integrated vision for a co-creative planetary culture, Catherine Roski, together with her husband, Makasha, has lived her life at the evolutionary edge. Since her early 20s, she's been guided by the inquiry as we awaken to a vaster experience of the nature of consciousness. How is this expressed in every aspect of life? How must all systems transform in order to truly embody the values and virtues we hold sacred. Catherine's journey over the past five decades has been an expression of new possibilities in integral education, gentle birthing, health and well-being, youth empowerment, and women's spirituality. She has facilitated programs internationally in the principles and practices of co-creation, is co-author with Carolyn Anderson of the Co-Creators Handbook 2.0, and a partner in Living Co-Creation. In 1996, Catherine co-founded Hummingbird Community in northern New Mexico as a living laboratory for conscious evolution, co-creation, and regenerative living. She is currently co-executive director of Hummingbird Transformational Living Center, whose purpose is to be an intergenerational experiential learning center in dynamic relationship with the wisdom of the natural world. As a co-founder of her family's youth organization, Earth Guardians, Catherine is committed to intergenerational partnership in the raising of consciousness and shifting our culture. And I just want to add to this beautiful, amazing 
description of this person I just read to you that Catherine Roski is one of my favorite people on the planet, and I am so happy to bring her wisdom to you all today. Welcome, Catherine. Oh, thank you, Julie. It touches me. Oh, <laughs> beautiful acknowledgement. Oh well, thank you. You know, I um, this is. I, I've been in a trend lately. I usually, over the last seven years, have had very short intros to my guests. And over the last month or so, it seems as if the richness and diversity of these lives that guests like you lead are so important to really, really help our listeners feel the wisdom at a whole new level. So I'm so happy to to bring that introduction to our, our listeners as well as this conversation. I'm really looking forward to it, Catherine. And I do Thank want you. to, yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm going to ask our traditional first question. I know you've been on my show before and I know you've answered this, but the thing that I really appreciate doing this series on Codes for Healthy Earth is that we're at a different place of consciousness on the planet. We're looking at life and our health very differently now. So I'm curious how you might answer this question today, Catherine, in that how does or what does all things connected mean to you in relationship to codes for a healthy earth? Wow, great question. Um, well, I think in my personal journey, it's an ever-deepening experience of being deeply rooted in the, the heart womb of Mama Gaia, Sophia, as I refer to her, the all of, all of creation and this gorgeous living being that we are intimately engaged with, um, all species. And codes for a healthy planet, healthy earth is such a gorgeous movement initiative for bringing a greater health and well-being to all aspects of our living systems. So for me, it's coming from that place of deep rootedness and experience of interrelatedness with all of life to care for and regenerate to bring back um, and into manifestation uh, a world that really serves all life. Mm. Well, Catherine, you've spent, like the introduction said, five decades at least as a living expression of that same consciousness. And um, it, it, it such a rich history that your life weaves to share not only your wisdom, but your experience is incredible. I'm wondering if we could begin on a personal note here, because I introduced you with this inquiry that guided your life since your early 20s. And I'm wondering if you could speak more about that, where that came from in a young 20 year old and, and how that's informed your work. Sure. Um, I would say that in my early 20s, um, especially my senior year of college at the University of Colorado, I was just waking up to uh, the possibilities for transformation of 
of the whole system and particularly um, focused on education, on integral or whole, system, or whole child education and helped to start a elementary free school in Boulder and was also engaged in a, a rites of passage program for high school kids. And that did a lot of informing of, of just my passion for um, how do we honor the sacredness in all beings and really draw that forth uh, through all stages of life, from gentle birthing to um, honoring the innate gifts within each person and each child as they're growing up. And... <clears throat> Bakush and I met, he actually brought his children to uh, the free school, the elementary free school that I co-founded, and that started our journey together. And I would say our coming together, um, both following a sacred calling, ignited in me uh, a sense of, of the new earth that wanted to emerge. It was like feeling encoded with or walking backwards from the future and encoded with um, and the New Earth template. So the journey through all these decades together has been kind of an experimentation in so many aspects of the whole system. Mm. The wisdom of that that youthfulness is is incredible as you walk backwards because literally the trajectory of, of moving forward from that point um, you have woven so many important elements of living that sacred. And one, I, I want to create a, a substantial introduction here to co-creation and what that really means. What is co-creation? You've written a book with Carolyn Anderson. Um, you've created coaching and programs and all kinds of educational formats you have mastered that word and i really presence that in that when i when i speak about co-creation out in the world if i'm speaking or teaching or or coaching i always come back to your definition of co-creation along with barbara marks hubbard it seems that a lot of people said it's a buzzword now you guys have you you coined this word you brought this 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 beautiful book forward you've you've done this living co-creation thing and a lot of people are using that word but oftentimes i hear it used perhaps misused as cooperating or collaborating that we're going to work on a project together so we're going to co-create something new and I would love for you to help us deepen into the opportunity the possibility in that word and in that process and what that really means for us so can you explain what is co-creation uh, well, for Carolyn and I, as we've expressed it in the Co-Creators Handbook, it's really that deep alignment with the laws of creation, honoring one another, honoring the divinity in one another, and moving beyond our egoic uh, projections into the world to connecting with our essence and working in a resonant field together to really allow what wants to happen to come through us. So it's much more of a feminine gesture of, of opening and embracing and allowing rather than making something happen or um, projecting. And it's, it's certainly a movement from the dominant culture of power over to a empowered circle or empowerment of individual gifts 
to come together in power with each other um, so that we're, we're expressing our innate genius. And for me, um, Makash and I actually met and, and engaged in Barbara's, uh, Marks Hubbard's SINCON process in 1974 as we were organizing an international festival in Boulder. And that was the first place that I heard the word co-creation. And she certainly didn't, um, uh, she brought that forth. I think she was one of the first people to use it, maybe along with Findhorn Community in Scotland. And from there, um, I feel like I, we were living that, uh, but not necessarily understanding the innate qualities of it, just being, just being it. And then in about a decade later, later came together with Carolyn, and Carolyn and Barbara had really um, brought it into form, articulated it, and defined processes and a whole core group process moving through various um, exercises or understandings from moving from ego to essence to bringing forth a co-creative culture. So when we came together with Carolyn and, and joined with Global Family and then uh, founded Hummingbird and, and all the phases of the co-creator's handbook has been a journey of both teaching it, but also what does it mean to really live it 24-7? Yeah. So that, and that's... That's really been the essence of Hummingbird, or one of the essential um, reasons we started Hummingbird was to create a, a living laboratory for experimenting with what does it mean to live it. And what have you learned? <laughs> what have you learned about the the qualitative aspects of life when you're living co-creatively? And and I love how you presence this more feminine quality of of opening embracing allowing and deepening into into that aspect of life and i say that because um we are on the precipice of great change and to me when i hear you speak of co-creation the wisdom of a process that brings us into that alignment with that designing intelligence really carries the template of moving forward. So let's start with what have you learned from living co-creation? And then we'll move into, and how might that help us move forward on the planet right now? Yeah, boy, um, I think the the principles and practices of co-creation are so essential in these transformational times, um, in these precarious times in which we live. And to, to really co-create together, you need to be in resonance with one another. Um, so that means working through all the egoic edges that we all embody and that we've come into incarnation to, to learn and grow and come into deeper alignment with our soul essence. But through our conditioning, through all the influences of the dominant culture, we've developed particular habits and uh, live in that conditioning or trauma wounds, whatever one, however one might refer to them. So to truly, uh, it's an alchemical process, actually. I think to, and we say the relation, it's a relational path to awakening. So that in the process of co-creating together, one is really working all those edges that might um, move into projecting or making another wrong or. 
uh, being in some form of separation. And to truly co-create together means healing and resolving and bringing the relational field back into wholeness. So it's a dynamic um, path of consciousness and of uh, of healing. We refer to it as a metamorphic journey, like the caterpillar to the butterfly. And it's it's never ending. I mean, just as the awakening process is continually unfolding within one, um, really being in a co-creative process allows for uh, a deep internal journey. It, it requires it, uh, a deep internal journey. So I feel that, you know, all of what uh, in our hearts, I feel we all are yearning in terms of transformation requires that the internal work to allow and then bring into the external form what we're learning and how that then transforms the systems. Mm. So I, I appreciate this phrase, Catherine, bringing the relational field back into wholeness. Can you speak a little bit more about that wholeness? Because I think that that, again, is one of those um, really important concepts of moving forward on the planet is really coming back into wholeness and what that really means. So can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I think coming into wholeness really... um invites us to embrace all aspects of ourself and all aspects of humanity. So as we know, the, the polarization on the planet is just get, gaining momentum. And to be able to uh, honor and be with one another in our diversity, to honor that diversity, and on an individual level, to honor the um, all of the internal parts of ourselves, whether it be our judgments or fears or... Um, places in ourselves that are in separation, how do we love them back into wholeness so that we're not pushing them away or ignoring them, the aspects of ourselves, but we're, we're honoring them and embracing them. Mm. And as that reflects in the outer and in our relationships with other people, to be able to see the beauty and uniqueness in each other and to honor uh, that, that gorgeous diversity that is expressed through every human life. Beautiful. So as we're loving ourselves back into wholeness, it does create this real life template for us to love others back into our wholeness. What, um, before we take a break here, Catherine, I would love to just bring home this idea of living in co-creation. And then we're going to talk much more about the Coach for Healthy Earth and, and what the opportunity is that lies ahead of us together collectively. But before we break, what are there, are there patterns that perhaps you've noticed as you teach living co-creation, as you work with communities and literally have, have created hummingbird community as well. Are there, are there relational patterns that we have as a culture in moving toward that co-creative culture i'm wondering if you if you see resistance if you see stages in our development that that we can all expect if we choose to live in this way what what might that path look like and and what kind of things are you noticing as we move toward a co-creative culture well as you've uh 
you know, spoke in your introduction of overcoming the illusion of separation. I think that's our, our biggest challenge as humanity in the shift of consciousness. So what still arises in Hummingbird in our lives in different ways is when we feel in separation with another person or the human tendency to project or make wrong or judge. And it requires that we take self, such self-responsibility for our part in every aspect of our lives. And that through that ownership, then true transformation can happen where we're not projecting or being the victim to another or to a situation, to a government, whatever it might be, but that we, we come back into a sense of empowerment within ourselves and notice any ways that we have um, disempowered or moved into resignation or moved into a, a place of kind of uh, hopelessness or despair. I think those are such major emotional expressions that are so predominant on the planet in the face of the immensity of everything. And to truly create the shifts, I think we have to both reconnect with our essential nature and take complete self-responsibility for whatever's happening in our lives, individually and collectively. Mm. Complete self-responsibility. Okay, I just want to pause here. I think this is so important in that we're talking about this state of um, our world. We talked, you mentioned the polarization and, and we're looking at this and you invite us to not be victim of the systems and structures that are perhaps creating chaos for us. And that is a leap for so many of us because it's so easy to blame and shame and project and get angry and get frustrated and look at systems and structures and say, it's their fault that mm -hmm. we're going through these times. I think that I thank you for bringing in this complete self-responsibility of um, really helping us look at ourselves in a new way, helping us develop a, a new level of self-responsibility that will equip us to really take on some of these huge issues that we're talking about here. I wonder if you have any wisdom of how do we shift that big piece inside of us about the systems and structures. How do we take our power back and develop self-responsibility? Oh, wow. Well, I, I feel like once we recognize that whenever we're feeling a victim to any person or situation in our lives, that we're giving our power over to that mm -hmm. other. <laughs> yeah. So um, then we it, we really um, are less capable, maybe incapable, of taking action that can actually help to shift it. So the, um, the very active recognition of that and then seeing, um, acknowledging the innate power that we have within ourselves, especially as we're deeply rooted with the, the uh, creative force that's moving through us, then we can align with right action that can really be effective 
And to do this in relationship with others, it's not a, a solo, I mean, it's a solo journey in terms of our internal work, but the importance of coming together and collectivity of the collecting our, our various unique geniuses um, in service to the well-being of all is, is where I feel we're going to gain the momentum to make the changes we really yearn for. Mm. Well, that, my dear Catherine, is a beautiful um, prescription for us all to really muse into. We're going to take a quick break. I'm Dr. Julie Kroll. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show. We're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we're going to have so much more on Codes for a Healthy Earth and the wisdom of Catherine Roski. We'll be right back. Peekaboo, smile. Smile, buddy. Come on, smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. <sighs> yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are. Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby. I think his gums hurt. Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism, and we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at autismspeaks.org signs, or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better. And it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. The Empower Meditation Channel. Nonstop meditation music 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation Channel is interruption free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app free in the app store or listen online at empower.fm soothe your soul calm your mind the empower meditation channel chris can you put the video game controller down for a second i can talk and play oh i'm totally annihilating this punk kid in nebraska i just feel like you're not acting like a grown-up in our relationship m2 m2 well, you know, you still ride your skateboard to work. There's the comic book collection, the race car bed. Look, I'm young at heart, but I put money to my 401k every paycheck. I picked up a few savings tips at feedthepig.org. I have control over my financial life now, and that feels pretty grown up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. For free ideas and easy tips on ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. So, I bet I look like a grown-up to you now. Well, except for the footy pajamas, I'd have to agree. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. There's a natural resource that exists everywhere on the planet which could benefit all of civilization. Yet it's been largely ignored. That resource is women. At CARE, we found in country after country that empowering women is one of the fastest ways to help end poverty. I am powerful. I am powerful. She has the power to change her world. You have the power to help her do it. Call 1-800-521-CARE or visit care.org. 
empowering you for a better life. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com, where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on my Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. You can get connected in one of my private groups or individual programs. I invite you to be a more conscious, courageous, and compassionate co-creator of the beautiful world we want to see. You can check out those opportunities at juliecroll.com. We're talking about codes for healthy earth today and co-creating this new world according to these codes with Catherine Roski. The codes were co-initiated by Shelley Ostroff and Jan Golding with Together in Creation. The creation of the document was a collaborative process with leaders from diverse sectors in over 30 countries. The framework can be freely adopted by any group or movement as a collective compass for coordinated citizen-led action toward the healing and regeneration of the planet and all its inhabitants. Please go check that out at codes.earth. Again, really simple, www.codes.earth and learn more about the codes and even there's a place where you can endorse them. I'm here with Catherine Roski. And Catherine, I want to make sure our listeners know how to find you. There's livingcocreation.com, I believe. There's hummingbirdtlc.org and earthguardians.org. Are those the three places they could find you? Uh, livingcocreation.com is the best place to contact me. Okay. Um, Hummingbird TLC is our emerging uh, transformational living center based in, within our community of Hummingbird. And Earth Guardians is our youth organization uh, that I'm supportive of but not intimately involved in at this point in time. Okay, but I'm going to encourage them to go check out Earth Guardians too, earthguardians.org. So the best place to get a hold of Catherine, like she mentioned, is livingcocreation.com. So Catherine... I, this second half, I really want to dig more into the codes for a healthy earth. And um, during the break, I was thinking about how much of an impact your co-creative agreements made on my life. You took them from the Geneva group. You you crafted them for um, your organization and the first time I saw them was with you in person and, and I just went, Oh my gosh, if everyone could live like this, the world would be a different place. And now, so I'm going to, you can go check that out at, at the book, um, the co-creators handbook. You could find it on the, the websites that we mentioned and learn so much more about it. But Catherine, when I think about um, the all the work that you have done over 50 years, it feels like Codes for Healthy Earth is just this natural extension of everything. I'm wondering if you could just introduce um, your response when you saw the Codes for Healthy Earth. They're this beautiful conglomeration of uh, uh, 
just so much wisdom there and they emerge from the collective wisdom like i mentioned earlier of so many different people on the planet tell us what was your response your reaction to codes for a healthy earth well completely inspired by what's been put together there and and resonant i mean just my whole being was like whoa this is so um I'm so deeply aligned with it that um, and so grateful for it being brought forth as an initiative and a movement that people can really gather around. I mean, I think that's one of the challenges we have in, in gaining momentum is to come together and to really unite our our forces, our, our beings together <clears throat> and around this um, Codes for a Healthy Earth um, just bring together for me every aspect of what I know in my heart is happening and needs to uh, flourish on our planet. Beautiful. Well, I, I tell you, the it begins with this declaration, and we all like almost everyone that I've talked to is their, their reaction is yes, yes, yes. And then it moves into these, the principles. It's, it's really a um, comprehensive document that to me does create a map forward, moving forward from your unique vantage point. How might the codes inform the way we move forward when we're talking about co-creation and co-creating um, moving forward as a co-creative culture we're literally co-creating that culture now i'm wondering how might the codes help inform that what what advice might you have what structures do you do you see i i know there's a lot of excitement around the potential uh, well, I think the more people that are exposed to codes for a healthy earth um, that bring it into their organizations, their businesses, and endorse it and give their yesness to it, to um, reinforce it as a, a movement, um, that then as it it works within an individual and within an organization to actually create organizational change. I think that's where uh, in this movement to a co-creative culture, as I mentioned before, it takes both that internal continual transformational work and then how do we really engage that within our organization. So I think the codes becomes a foundational message and uh, like the preamble and the declaration and the principles um, can can give that momentum to um, the shift that wants to happen. Mm. So um, I'm imagining your work, and I know you've done some international travel and teaching around living co-creation, and. That I, so I'm like hearing your message of let's do the internal work, let's love ourselves back into wholeness, let's let's heal that relational field and and have that coming back into wholeness, and then the codes for healthy earth offer this foundational whole system framework um, to really support citizens in working together, and the one thing that I really appreciate more than probably anything is that the codes for healthy earth make it easy 
to work together across national, cultural, and ideological boundaries. It's it's kind of like the foundations of co-creation. It's like connecting with this designing intelligence. It doesn't matter what, what boundaries or, or where we come from. We can align around this, this um, what do I want to say, this radical transformational system of rapid, to, for, to me, Catherine, I see the ability to come together in rapid change, social, ecological, regenerative change. And when I put the two together, like really understanding co-creation and then holding this document, I could see you introducing this to cultures around the world and they can pick that up with process and like you said, then form and amazing things can happen. Can you can you speak to that and and perhaps the universality of this in different cultures? You've you're I think you're traveling again this spring, teaching living co-creation. How might groups and organizations pick up both and move forward? Well, they're definitely universal principles, and I think the processes that we offer, um, Carolyn and Sanford, her husband Sanford and Makasha and I, through Living Co-Creation, give a real grounded approach to how actually that transformation can happen in an organization. And we've done work in um, Oroville, an international township in southern India, um, through, through actually the last number of decades, and working, that is a... Um, uh, about 2,500, 3,000 people from all over the world and all economic, um, from the Tamil Indian villagers um, to wealthy Europeans, on and on. It's just such a diversity of culture and economic classes. And there has been a um, just such a receptivity to bringing those principles into the community to help transform what actually is a bit of a dominant culture there. And there's a yearning to ground that. So we've taught there both in person and online, as well as uh, bringing it to a large group within Germany through Human Trust. And in the spring, we'll be uh, in the Netherlands um, offering our teachings. And what we've experienced is this sort of um, growing yearning to make this shift and having to have grounded practices that really support that. So as you said, I think bringing those principles and practices of co-creation together with the codes for a healthy earth is a beautiful marriage <laughs> um, to support this movement. Mm. I see it too. It excites me to think about the potential that might evolve there. And then I'm thinking about whole systems change. And I know going back to that, don't be victim, take ownership um, and have complete self-responsibility. So often we look out at the systems and structures and feel helpless and hopeless. Like they're so big and we have little um, effect on these systems and structures. One of the um, pieces in the actual codes in the, the declaration is about governance. I'm going to read this to you. And I'm wondering if um, perhaps you could help us look at this from a, an organization 
clear up through larger governments because I think that the theme and the wisdom here is really important. So the second statement says, we affirm that the only legitimate purpose of governance is to protect and cultivate the health and vitality of the planet and all its inhabitants for generations to come. Now, those listening might say, I don't have an influence on government, and yet we are all governing our lives individually as well as being parts of organizations and workplace and and what have you. And that's one thing that the co-creative agreements really introduced me to is when any group of of individuals comes together, we can create a co-creative culture. So I'm wondering, can you expand on this idea that the only legitimate purpose of governance is to protect and cultivate the health and vitality of the planet and all its inhabitants for generations to come. Yeah, well, that just brings it right back into individual ownership, self-responsibility, self-governance, you know, as we're, we're governing our own beings and then with each other in a mutually respective way. And it's on one level all holographic. So as we, we do it in our small groups and we create uh, co-creative decision-making or whole systems decision-making that honors seven generations to come and honors all species. Um, and we work in a field where we're listening deeply to what wants to happen. And we have that aligned agreement field, um, as you referred to the co-creators agreements, um, just that piece, when I woke up to the importance of an agreement field, we, we tend to just live in this sort of ambiguous, non-defined agreement field that's uh, perpetuated through the dominant culture. And when we come back into a place of ownership and defining how do we want to be together, what's our agreement field to respect one another, to honor, um, to honor and to be uh clearing up any separation when it arises to not move into triangulation where we uh, make, you know, project on each other, but that we go to the other person and we clear any differences. So as we do that in our small groups and organizations and businesses, then it, I feel like it has its ripple out effect. I mean, that's the place that we can really begin and, you know, it's, it's, it is hard to imagine on a governmental level how we can, create that change. But as has been said by so many beautiful beings, you know, everything begins with a small group and it it moves out from there um, into all the movements that have really made a difference. Mm. So what, what might you say to those who feel powerless to contribute to whole systems change? You remind us to come and start with the small, but um, it does have a ripple out effect. How, how might you um, inspire those who look at this daunting and impossible challenge of global whole systems change and um, perhaps deepen into their personal responsibility there? You know, I think of, of Greta Thunberg in that regard and just recently reading her her story on Time Magazine as Person of the Year and our grandson Chutescott has worked closely with her and just the, the empowerment of the young people and and their their stories of feeling hopeless and in despair and powerless to do anything and then just going forward and taking an action that followed 
their, the calling of their heart or their inspiration. Um, and in her case, you know, uh, sitting in front of the parliament and, and just making a stand. And then from there, activating a whole movement um, to the level of influence she's had in the whole climate justice movement. And it's, uh, I think that's such a beautiful example of rather than uh, just sort of immersing ourselves in the in the despair hopelessness it's finding that place where we feel inspired to take a step forward in action and just following the breadcrumbs of the calling of our our own hearts uh passion to um just take one step after the other and allow it to lead us to where we can be most effective Mm. And for me, I have a constant prayer of, you know, how can my being be used to be most effective in service to the well-being of all life? So that would be my encouragement and to use the people whose lives have have transformed through following that pathway as as models of inspiration. Beautiful. The following the breadcrumbs of your heart um truly you are the living living that expression of the prayer and when i think of that statement of following the breadcrumbs i also am reminded of literally how how beautiful the uh, the breadth and depth of your career, Catherine, is just um, the continual expression and co-creation of that prayer. And so I'm I'm using that as an example for our listeners here that I, I just recently had a, a conversation with my daughter. I think you'll appreciate this, Catherine. She woke up one day. She had a horrible dream over Christmas break. It was it was a lovely dream and it was a horrible dream. All at the same time, she was home. And um, the dream basically said to her that she's not living up to her fullest potential. Mm. And that's what, that's how she woke up. It's like, oh my gosh. And that sense of urgency um, woke mm-hmm. in her and that sense of overwhelm of how do you get from here to there. And what I heard instantly when she was sharing was that it's really not about living in our fullest potential. It really is about staying on that sacred path and then following those breadcrumbs. You kind of described that. Um, If we think we're not living to our fullest potential, then what is that fullest potential and how do we get from A to B? But when we follow those breadcrumbs, crumbs and we really are in alignment with something as beautiful as these codes for a healthy earth and trusting that process the quality of every step along the way um, really adds to the collective expression on the planet and I'm thinking about all the diverse expressions of you Catherine from conscious birthing to um to co-creation we can go on and on your bio was so complete there that that's a new way to move through life on this planet is really to stay in that alignment and follow those breadcrumbs regardless of the different expressions like welcome all the different ways that might manifest throughout your lifetime 
Can you speak more to that? It's different than us working in the factory for 50 years and getting a gold watch and retiring. This is a whole new way of being on the planet. Right, right. And it, it definitely takes courage to break out of the projections that might come from our parents or from society of what we should be doing or, you know, that we get get a job and stabilize in that for a lifetime. And that was certainly what I grew up in, in terms of my parents' expression. And so I know for me to break free from that was a it was challenging. It was it was like having to break a lot of cords of conditioning and I, I love your daughter's dream and the message it gave her. And I, I feel like we all have such a vital part to play in this transformational movement in bringing that codes for a healthy earth into actualization. And so, and, and it's not always clear to us what our deeper purpose is, but if we're following that, which really enlivens us, brings us more fully into life and that will inform like, the steps that we need to take. And I know for me that oftentimes doing, taking actions that from others on the outside went, whoa, that feels really crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unstabilizing or whatever it might be. And sometimes it's put us into uh, financial instability or, uh, um, you know, taking big leaps. And yet the fulfillment of it and the, uh, um, the feeling of rightness of following, you know, whatever, what our internal guidance has said, uh, our being my husband and Makasha and I, um, has really created such a rich, full life. And I have, uh, feel that's, that's the journey that I'll continue on until my ending days is, is just following that, which is most enlivened within me and being called forth. And mm-hmm. that would be what I would I would certainly invite and encourage everyone to follow that pathway courageously and with commitment. Beautiful. It's a it's a powerful invitation for sure. And the courage piece is an important piece. The um, the ability to take those risks regardless of the outcome. What so, Catherine? What is your highest vision? of a co-creative culture now on the planet. What do you see and perhaps what might that look like? We only have a few more minutes left today, but I want to really give your voice and your life's work um, form here for all of our listeners today of of what that world could look like. What is that co-creative culture that you envision and what does it really, really look like? Mm, wow. <laughs> well, it's it's certainly a culture that's guided by love. And mm-hmm. it's one in which um, we, we can rest into a field of trust and safety and respect for one another, where we're, we're deeply aligned with our soul essence and the, um, the guiding force of creation. Um, I say of Mama Gaia, Sophia, of of that wisdom that Gaia as a living being is, I feel, in, in her own transformational journey, and we are all intimately connected with that. And so as we tune in and we allow that to express itself, and that is 
requiring a breakdown of all of the institutions and structures that are not aligned with the true force of love. So it's um, it's a journey. Uh, I have uh, great faith. Um, I feel that victory is assured. That's a quote by the mother, the mother in Sri Aurobindo, that's been a guiding light for me. And and yet victory, we don't know what victory looks like. It's a, it's it, but it would be a victory of of spirit leading the way, and of a, a surrender of those um, forces that in the past have tended or in the present are dominate, dominating. Uh, and it's a, a really coming together in our diversity in a unified force, a unified field um, of great compassion and love for all. Mm. So that that was beautiful. And it reminds me that the, the codes are also founded on that premise that as long as there's oppression anywhere in the community of life, peace cannot exist. And um, to achieve that genuine, lasting world peace, it's essential that we really cultivate this co-creative culture that you speak of with peace with all of life. I really appreciate your words. And I feel... Um, reassured, Catherine, thank you for that, that gentle assurance that um, victory is assured that this is, we're going to get through this. It's just not going to be easy. And it, it just brings us all into that personal responsibility and, and personal governance uh, with all of life. So, Wow, Catherine, in a minute or less, is there anything else that you really want to say to our listeners today that you didn't have the opportunity to say? Mm. Well, first, thank you for this opportunity and this sharing together, Juliet, always quickens my being and enlivens me and inspires me, the work that you're doing. And I just feel the more that um, in humility and in compassion for one another that we can join together. It's uh, We're in precarious and deeply transformative times. Um, but as you said, I feel we are going to make it through and it's going to, it's going to take us on a, uh, it's taking us on a big uh, ride <laughs> a big wave. <laughs> and if we can stay on our surfboards uh in that deep alignment with our internal beings um, and join hands together. Uh, as Makasha says, we're all going home together in love. And it, um, that's what I see for our future. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Catherine, for your sharing your wisdom and experiences with us here today. Thank you, Julie. It's an honor. Oh, yeah. And I want to leave you with some words from Catherine and Living Co-Creation, the Co-Creator's Handbook. We are all in the process of waking up to our true identity. By looking within, we can access the essence of who we truly are and make an internal shift from self-centered to whole-centered awareness. We experience ourselves as universal and unique beings of love and consciousness capable of aligning with spirit to co-create the world our hearts desire. 
You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.